The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Hi, welcome to the show. So this is Mark Green standing in for Mary Woods. I'm the medical director at Westbridge and sit in from time to time. Today I'm lucky to have Jean Fain on the show. Jean Fain is a um, licensed psychotherapist and teaches at the Harvard Medical School, in particular at Cambridge Health Alliance, um, and also has a private practice in Concord, Mass. And her latest book coming out any day now? When is any it day out, now. Uh, um, January 1st officially, but uh, it may be out a few weeks earlier. Great. Is the self perfect for Christmas lunch dinners, if mm-hmm. it comes out that fast? Is the self compassion diet? a step-by-step program to lose weight with loving kindness. And it's published by Sounds Truth. So this will be something we'll be able to get through Amazon and all the old favorites. Yes. Terrific. So, Jean, I was um, interested to hear that you'd written this book because I know you um, because you gave me an introductory course in hypnosis, yeah. and um, which was terrific. And you have a wonderful voice of uh, which is a great guidance and really helps with visualization in fact you hypnotized me i think in the uh in the in the practical that uh, sounds that sounds uh, right you were one of my best students <laughs> perfect you can come on the show again um but i was surprised that um you moved into the self-compassion diet so um what brought you into um the area of interest of both diet Mm-hmm. And um, we'll start with that, and then um, particularly self-compassion. Well, personally, I've been interested in um, health, diet, uh, weight loss all my life. You know, um, I had an eating issue back when I was a teenager. I gained a few pounds, and I was miserable. Mm-hmm. And I was determined to learn how to lose it and keep it off so I would never be that miserable again. And then I found myself helping others do exactly the same thing. So that that's a lifelong interest, the uh, weight loss, weight management and interest. And you were using a lot of hypnotic strategies to do that. Early on in my career, yes. I was focused primarily with hypnosis and cognitive behavioral therapy, which is using the mind to alter behaviors like eating, overeating. But over time, uh, I expanded my therapies for helping people, and I added in mindfulness, and most uh, recently, maybe five years ago, self-compassion, because it was such a powerful uh, uh, powerful strategies in that realm. So explain to me what self-compassion means. Actually, we had Chris Germer on the show a couple of months ago, and um, yes. listeners can 
download that show. Um, he's also a, a great writer and expert on self-compassion. But um, tell me what you mean when you talk about self-compassion and mindfulness. Well, let me just um, say that Chris Germer was my mentor on this, and he was the one who uh, intrigued me about this topic. And as he probably told your listeners, and I'm happy to tell them, the simplest definition of self-compassion is treating yourself like a friend or a loved one with care and concern. But a more specific definition comes from one of the leading researchers in self-compassion. Her name is Kristen Neff, and she boils it down to three things, mindful awareness, loving kindness, and common humanity. And I can explain each one. Yes, if you'd like. I would. Yes, all right. So mindful awareness is paying attention right here, right now, with as little self-criticism and as much self-acceptance as possible. So rather than regretting how much you ate yesterday or promising yourself to be really, really good on your diet starting tomorrow, it's accepting yourself just as you are, however much you weigh. That's mindful awareness. Loving kindness is exactly what it sounds like. Treating yourself with love and kindness, kind of like a mother would treat her new baby. So if the baby's hungry, the mother doesn't say, you're a fat baby, no baby food for you. The mother would feed the baby. Or if the baby's tired, um, you or anyone wouldn't say, you know, crawl around the living room for 30 minutes and then you can take a nap. No, you just put the baby down for the nap. So loving kindness is treating yourself like a beloved child. And finally, common humanity is recognizing that you are not alone that you have a lot of company if you're overweight. Millions of people wake up every morning the same way, unhappy, thinking, oh, I need to lose weight, I need to eat healthier, wishing they could lose just a few pounds. Common humanity means you are definitely not alone, and you don't have to go it alone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I think of most diets, mm-hmm. um, they have a quite a bit of brutality to them. They're either um, saying, oh, you you know, you've eaten too much or really have a starvation aspect to them or Mm -hmm. um, there's um, a lot of, it feels like a lot of edgy criticism um, with many of the diets. So is that something that you've noticed over the years or is that something that you um, would experience with your um, own either eating issues yourself when you're in a te- teenager or earlier on in your career when you were learning more about working with people with eating dis- with not eating disorders but with eating issues to yeah. lose weight. Yeah. yeah, I certainly was uh, very hard on myself when I was overweight, calling myself all kinds of mean, nasty names. Mm. You know, you're fat, you're overweight, you're you know, you're out of control. And then my clients have taught me that, yes, what I was experiencing is kind of the dieter's experience. They're all really hard on themselves. They feed themselves a steady diet of self-criticism and expect somehow that's going to inspire them to lose weight. And yet, it uh, backfires. Calling yourself names is a recipe for emotional overeating and weight gain. And um, self-compassion, on the other hand, excuse me, 
is the missing ingredient in every diet. And it's a simple recipe for decreasing emotional eating and losing weight. So, Jean, you said that with that constant diet of self-criticism, mm-hmm. it has a paradoxical effect of um, often increasing people's eating. Yes. And, uh, what did you mean by that? How so? Well, just think about it. If you call yourself fat and um, out of control and um, you know disgusting, how does it make you feel? It tenses up your muscles. It makes your breathing more shallow. It stresses you out. And when you or anyone is stressed out, you'd like to calm down. What calms people down better than Valium, cookies, and cake, and other uh, lovely treats, sweet treats. So uh, it gets people eating the very things they're trying to avoid. But I might say that you see the same... Um, relationship, a very critical relationship to, to clients in many addictions also, um, mm-hmm. to drugs and alcohol, to Valium, as you said, um, as well as um, people who exercise and mm-hmm. really want to you know, strive to be better than they are. Um, to be perfect, just, really. To be perfect, or just to yes. be, there's often this very harsh, critical voice of, you know, do more and yes. keep pushing yourself. And um, and then the urge comes to either cave yes. uh, or rebel. Cave or give up, you mean? Or rebel. Oh, rebel, uh, yes. Rebel. I can't say my R's, so I should avoid that word next time on the radio. I got it, though. Rebel, yes. yes. It is um, the urge for either. And, you know, not everyone's drug of choice is hostess Twinkies. You know, some people prefer crack cocaine, others reach for alcohol. But many, many Americans uh, reach for cookies, cakes, and chips. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So in the practice that you've been learning and applying over the last few years um, with the mindful awareness mm-hmm. and the loving kindness and, and common humanity, how does it help you lose weight? Well, that's a good question, and it's not so obvious, but let me say this. When you treat yourself like a friend or a loved one, then you're more apt to eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full, rest when you're tired, and move when you feel energized. And when you do that, you lose weight naturally. But hold on. So (laughs) if I was looking after the baby and feeding the baby when they cried, Yes. And that works for the baby. But if mm-hmm. I'm hungry and yes. I have an urge to eat 12 hostess cakes or Twinkies, yes. are you saying I should just give in to those urges and take care of myself there? I'm saying pay attention. You may assume you want 12 Twinkies, but if you actually pay attention, the first Twinkie doesn't taste very good. And the fifth Twinkie tastes pretty disgusting. And you really don't want 12 Twinkies. So if you eat with awareness and you're kind to yourself, you'd probably stop before you finish the first Twinkie because not only doesn't it taste good, it doesn't feel good to eat it. 
So you'd put it down and maybe you'd pause and say, what do I really want to eat? It's clearly not 12 Twinkies. In fact, do I even want to eat? How do I feel? What do I need? Is it a Twinkie? So this is part of that mindful awareness, accepting oneself. It's not just going the first urge to say, I want to, you know, cookies and cake. It's thinking, wow, I feel some sadness or Mm -hmm. some urge or regret and anger. It's not just accepting all your wrinkles and weight and urges. It's um, it's accepting some of the more painful feelings that are in that mix. Yeah, it's not resignation. It's not giving up and say, I'll eat whatever the heck I want. It's noticing, yes, I do feel mm, sad. Hmm, let me feel that for a bit and see what that feeling has to tell me. And perhaps it will b- inform my behavior. Perhaps it won't, but rather than forcing that feeling away, staying with it so that you can know what you need. The impulse I imagine or the thought that might come up is I um, am disgusted with myself. Yes. And um, I am useless and I've never really been able to diet successfully. Um, Mm -hmm. It might be a very overwhelming sense of self-criticism mm-hmm. but but so what do you do to then do you fight the impulse then to um to go and relieve that by eating what do you do with that sense of um pain and feeling a loser or feeling disgusting mm-hmm. well rather than just believing it's the truth you can just notice what you're thinking Are you still there? I am, but that's our cue for maybe a minute. Okay, all right. So we can come back after a short break, but you're saying that you spend some time noticing what you're thinking and paying attention to all of those, but not necessarily doing anything right away. Exactly. Pausing, noticing, breathing, simple stuff. All right, well, let's take a short break and come back in a moment. Very good. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family center recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Can you imagine a technology that takes human consciousness to the next level? One that reveals a new understanding of what is valuable and possible in the abundant support of life? The truth is, we already have that technology. We simply need to awaken to it and become the value it creates. 
For more about this, please tune in to Awakening Value, Shamanic Technologies of Consciousness and Success with host Marty Spiegelman. Awakening Value is live every Thursday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Well, welcome back. This is Mark Green standing in for Mary Woods. And if you just joined us, we have Jean Fain uh, with us, the author of The Self-Compassion Diet, a step-by-step program to lose weight with loving kindness. Jean, before the break, we were talking about what one does or how you help clients um, learn how to manage those feelings when they feel disgusted and really um, by themselves and really hopeless about making a change. They've been to perhaps many different diet programs. Nothing's worked. And they feel so bad about their ability to lose weight. And you're asking them to be mindfully aware of all of those difficult states. How do you help someone in that state manage just not to go back to what they've always done so automatically? eat and relieve that tension and, um, you know, just soothe away or fill that sense of um, self-disgust, perhaps, with uh, with that behavior. Well, in the office, the simplest thing I do is to look at my client with care and concern. So they may be feeling disgust, but they see care, love, kindness on my face which sort of um, makes them pause and and uh, begin to challenge their assumption, am I really disgusting? Now, I can't do that with everyone who's just reading the book. Um, and over time, when you build a relationship with anybody, it doesn't have to be me, who cares about you, you begin to absorb some of that caring, loving kindness for yourself. So and ideally, you, you'd be doing it in a relationship with any, any caring person. Yeah, I think that's something that you're trying to evoke in the tone of your book as well. Yes. Uh, that compassion and consideration. And so some groups, some people like to attend uh, groups, weight loss groups or any kind of support groups. You often get that from the other members. But many dieters are not willing to go to therapy. They're not willing to go to a group. So the simplest thing someone could do on their own is to practice what's called loving-kindness meditation. And um, don't worry, you don't have to sit on a cushion and focus on your breath for 10 years. It's really very simple. For 10 to 15 minutes a day, you can do this formally, sitting in silence or informally, say, walking around the neighborhood by repeating these four phrases. May I be safe. May I be healthy. May I be happy. May I live in ease. So it's safe, healthy, happy, and ease. You start by wishing yourself well with those phrases 
and then extending well wishes to the next-door neighbor or the postman, whoever you bump into. And when you do that, you very quickly feel calmer, less reactive, and less uh, self-critical, less likely to indulge in emotional eating as well. And this is a ancient practice, not just, uh, and I guess the the Western world has been doing these with, um, not mantras, they wouldn't have called them mantras. Or um, affirmations, maybe. Affirmations, yeah. for about 100 years or so, but this, there's a long tradition of evoking a different state through repeating phrases like this. Centuries um, and point. centuries old, yes. And it's true, even as you begin to say it, even as I hear you say it, um, it evokes a much more positive state and certainly so contrary to some of the more self-hating comments that that people are usually firing at themselves. That's for sure. Especially the word ease is such a kind phrase and calming too. That's my favorite of the four words there, ease. May I live with ease. Yes. Yeah, I like that. That's true. So you start with I phrases, mm-hmm. thinking about may I be inviting yourself to be happy, healthy, and living with ease. Yes. Safe. And then we'll extend that to others. Others, you, may you be happy, Mark, mm-hmm. may you be healthy and safe and live in ease. And then eventually you get to we. May all people who struggle with eating issues, may we all be safe, healthy, happy, and at ease. Now, or any any group of people that you feel a kinship with. And in, in those phrases, there's nothing specific about may I eat less. And no, no need. Beautiful. No need. Though you could add, you can rewrite these phrases so they feel true to you. And if it feels helpful to say, may I make healthy choices, may I eat nutritious, delicious food, that would be a fine thing to do. But the emphasis is on healthy, safe Mm -hmm. food choices for myself out of kindness, just Mm -hmm. as you'd want a mother to be attending to a baby, rather than... May I be a different sort of being that looks more like Lindsay Lohan? Exactly. May I be skinny and have no appetite? No, that that wouldn't be that kind. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. And it, do you find in your practice that that is a difficult thing to convince clients that of that they get confused perhaps that wishing to be skinny and look more sexy Mm -hmm. um, is not, in fact, treating themselves kindly. Yes, uh, many of them only want to be Lindsay Lohan in looks, and it may take a while before they can try on these ideas and actually imagine health looks a little different than a Hollywood actress. So it can be a really hard sell because everyone else on the Internet, on television, even on the radio, is saying, you know, you can lose 25 pounds tomorrow and be really, really happy. Just drink this stuff and uh, don't eat anything. Even though as soon as that assumption is 
examined in a little bit more detail, you quickly realize that so many, that, the next, that often those articles about the sexy, skinny, and starving mm-hmm. um, are filled with tales of woe and misery and mm-hmm. anxiety and rehab. Exactly. Um, yeah, people tune that stuff out and just focus on the, but I want to look like so-and-so. I hate myself. They look so happy. Right. Well, mm. some images are presented in, in, on one television show, and then the other aspect of the same person is presented in, in a different magazine or show. Mm-hmm. They yes. often get interwoven. And when you're practicing, um, so when you're practicing this self-compassion, mm-hmm. um, do the people who are dieting, do your clients also get more self-disciplined to stick to a low-calorie diet and change those bad habits? Well, self-discipline is a very funny word. That's what everyone comes to me, wanting me to give them self-discipline, especially if they know that I do hypnosis. They think I have a magic wand that will make them eat only this and not that. But disciplining yourself or hoping someone else will discipline you to stick to a low-calorie diet is a trap. It's a vicious cycle, actually, of under-eating and over-indulging. So if you stop and think about it, when you force yourself to eat tiny little portions of unappetizing diet food, isn't it just a matter of time? I don't know if you've ever done this, but... Listeners, isn't it just a matter of time before you're raiding the cupboard for cookies and chips? That's what they call self-discipline. <laughs> yeah, I manage that for, you know, maybe a morning. Yeah. I don't hold out very long. Me neither. Yeah. Um, so you don't have that magic wand. I and don't, and it doesn't work, so it's a lousy wand. <laughs> Right, it's a broken wand. So instead, um, how does the self-compassion translate into weight loss or changing habits? Well, again, it's back to the mother-baby metaphor. You don't have to count calories or carbs or um, points or whatever you're counting. If you pay attention to hunger and fullness signals, if you respond to them, if you rest when you're tired and move when you feel energized, weight loss really does happen naturally. I'm not exaggerating. Um, babies don't need to be on a diet. Uh, kids under five know how to um, do exactly what I'm describing, eat when they're hungry and stop when they're full. Um, it's, um, it's innate. It's a matter of getting back in touch with this innate ability. Absolutely true. Yeah. You see it. Um, you see kids losing it somewhere along the way. Yeah. But early on, and um, actually quite late, you see people, kids, really just nibbling or mm-hmm. um, having a little bit of food then, or um, and then just stopping and leaving most of their plate empty, um, which is something which is not always encouraged to leave part of your plate. Um, and, um, full, not eat everything on your plate because you're satisfied right then. 
Exactly, and that's where they start losing touch with this innate ability. When their parents say, you know, children are starving in India, you need to eat everything on your plate, or no dessert for you until you finish your dinner, it gets confusing, and you start to tune out your own um, wisdom and tune into external wisdom, which isn't all that wise. And so many parents are also using food for reward, Mm-hmm. Um, so on the one hand, there, there might be this guilt that you're not eating everything on your plate. And on the other hand, there's this sense that food is very much a reward, which is often withheld too much candy, too many um, starches. You shouldn't have that. But then it's used as a special treat, um, which must also really just make people relearn um, what feels healthy and what feels good in their lives. Yeah, such mixed messages um, make it very difficult to know what is enough, what is healthy, what is satisfying. Mm-hmm. So how when someone's in the meetings with you, mm-hmm. they have your gaze and view helping them um, learn and uh, some compassion, they see it in you. But perhaps after the break, I want to understand how you could evoke that within somebody so that mm-hmm. they can carry it with them and what yes. tips you may be giving your book to help that inner figure be a bit more positive than the critical voice which is generally within them. So, Sounds good. Okay, come back after a short break. Okay. To Voice America Health and Wellness. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260 day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, Family Center Recovery for Co-Occurring Mental Illness and Substance Abuse Disorders. 
Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the stars of PR with Cindy R. every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. So this is Mark Green standing in for Mary um, with Jean Fain. Um, Jean, before the break, we were, we were talking about how you would evoke some loving kindness, and one can say to oneself, "I am safe. May I be safe? May I be? Was it safe? Ease? I like the ease. Happy? Happy and healthy. Healthy. Okay. Yes. Um, and One of the things which I can envision um, from clinical practice is you come up against this very harsh self-critic, which rapidly takes over. And as you say, you know, when you're in with the client, the positive regard you give can really um, challenge that and bring some surprise. And you hope that people will carry some of that with them. But um, what techniques do you use to maybe accelerate that um, and really help people carry you and their own um, compassion um, with them to to challenge that self-critic? Yes. One that seems pretty easy for everybody to do is a technique called the compassionate advisor. And this has been used with a wide variety of clients from people with eating issues to cancer survivors, rape victims, uh, the range of people who suffer. Mm -hmm. And the idea is we all have a compassionate advisor, a wise and uh, kind being who lives inside of us. And we can call them to mind this being when we need them most or any time of day, actually. And it could be a real person like the Dalai Lama, just imagining the Dalai Lama, or it could be a favorite relative or a dear friend. It could be anyone who's the embodiment of compassion, including fictional characters like the uh, Good Witch of the... Is it the Good Witch, Witch of the East from the Glinda. Wizard of Oz? Glinda. Yeah. Where is Glinda from? Yeah. East or West? One of the two. Yeah. Or Yoda or somebody like that. So you call to mind this compassionate being, and then you focus on his or her loving qualities, begin to feel them and then soak them up. And then you could ask for advice 
or perspective, self-acceptance, hope, whatever you need. And this imaginary advisor will deliver. Uh, it's quite amazing, whether it's a symbolic uh, message or a direct piece of advice or just a sense of hope that it's going to be okay. Um, so this is a form of prayer. You could call it prayer. You could call it guided visualization. You can call it anything you like. But uh, most important would be to actually try it and see how it feels. See if you can uh, cultivate a sense of self-compassion, caring so and concern. It might be that yes. some of our clients have had a paucity of caring figures in their lives. Yes. So you're saying that even in that case, we can all identify someone mythical, fictional, or real, yes. or perhaps the therapist, yes. who we see as, in part, loving. Because yes. Yoda had his, uh, pretty handy with that um, sword at times, lightsaber at times, but he mm -hmm. had many loving qualities. Mm -hmm. So you really try and milk those now and, and focus on them. You do this in a... Um, guided visualization or you just think about them? Well, you could just sit there and think about them. That would be the simplest thing you could do. You could um, begin as if you were meditating by focusing on your breath and then sort of uh, gently shift your attention toward a compassionate being. Or you could do it in hypnosis if you happen to know how to do self-hypnosis. Um, you could put yourself into a, a trance and then call up the compassionate advisor. So there's no one way to do it. Um, most important is that you do call on your advisor. And you said you soak up the loving, the compassion yes. emanating from that. How? What do you mean you soak up that compassion? Well, what I mean is uh, imagine right now if you've ever had a loving dog or if you have a child, I think, I'm not sure, if you have a child looking at you with loving eyes, um, you don't have to know how to soak it up. You just do. Uh, it is tr um, transferred from one loving being to another. So just by imagining their gaze, their care, you begin to feel some of that care, that love. I mean, perhaps with some... Um, focus or um, yeah, some focus you can increase the intensity of that mm -hmm. feeling and and then with and so and you find that that delivers in some way some alternative it fills you and, and then do you take a next cognitive step to think about what different decisions you make from within that stance or it's not so necessary? You don't have to formally say, now I'm going to think positive thoughts. You just do. When you feel this uh, calmer, quieter, kinder state when you're in it, then more uh, uh, healthier thoughts just bubble up. You don't have to work at it. And you, that's interesting. So that's called, that you call that the compassionate advisor. Mm-hmm. And... You also mentioned self-hypnosis, mm -hmm. um, and knowing you, that's something which has been you've been very experienced with. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and how would you use some hypnotic suggestions to help resist chocolate cake and um, uh, the Twinkies? Well, the simplest thing, uh, if you already know how to do self-hypnosis, and even if you don't, just by repeating a simple pithy phrase that means something to you, like every day in every way I'm appreciating delicious, nutritious food, or more and more I am craving the natural sweetness of whole foods, some short memorable phrase that you could repeat to yourself in a quiet, inward-focused state, um, focusing your mind on that phrase, that would be a positive suggestion that would help you make healthier decisions. I see. So all of these require evoking a much more positive, taking the time Mm. to pause in the general flow of self-destruction and grasping for the Lindsay Lohan within us and mm-hmm. reaching for the reaching for the ice cream and having a pause to evoke either something compassionate or some positive phrase mm-hmm. which will allow other decisions to form it's bringing in some punctuation into that flow um, right yes Something that would refocus you to your healthy intentions that are already in there. They're just sort of hard to find in the moment when you are so self-critical and despairing. It might be that doing this preventatively is easier than doing it in the moment when you feel absolutely horrible about yourself. So if every morning when you arose or before bedtime or any time you could take a quiet break, you practiced the compassionate advisor or sat and gave yourself a positive suggestion, that would uh, be incredibly powerful and helpful. It's so hard to do it in the moment when mm-hmm. you're faced when you're angry or hungry and mm. lonely and tired. It's yes. so so difficult to do this. But when but you're saying if you take some time out at the beginning beginning of the day and strike while the iron's cold mm-hmm. it sets you up and enables you to really um, apply these when you need them. Yes, to take good care of yourself throughout the day. You've set the tone, you've been kind to yourself in the morning, and then it's easier to be kind to yourself and take care of yourself throughout the day. I usually find that most clients have had some experience in their life of some more compassionate frame. Where they've, it's usually when they've managed to achieve something that they feel proud about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we only really feel a great sense of pride if it's something which we have worked through and and felt a degree of autonomy and choice and accomplishment in. And that doesn't happen if you're being forced to do something. Um, so I often find that people in those moments have brought about some tenacity and encouragement um, which they can remember um, mm-hmm. and might stand in stark contrast to their usual 
self-denigrating self. So you can, uh, have you found that too, that there's usually some time that someone has been able to draw on that compassionate advisor or compassionate accompaniment, I think most people have had some experience of a kind mindset, a kind uh, relationship, a kind moment, somehow, some way. And it's a matter of helping them remember, yes, it's possible, and then showing them, well, this is how you can resurrect that feeling, recreate that feeling, and bring it forward. Can you... We'll be coming up for a break soon, but can you um, mention any other, say, hypnotic suggestions that you can give to um, clients and for them to use for themselves? It seems that the music is here. Does that mean we should wait until after the break? We probably should. That was a mistimed invitation. Come back after I, the break. I can barely hear you at this point. Okay, we'll come back after a short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, Family Center Recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Two views, different topics, questions, answers, news, and advice. You'll want to check out Ecoman and the Skeptic live from Philadelphia University. Every week, join hosts Rob Fleming and Chris Pastor as they tackle a different topic on sustainability. You'll hear all sides of the issue supported by guests who provide valuable insights. Get ready to be engaged, educated, and entertained when you tune into Ecoman and the Skeptic. Broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Green Talk. Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart, but I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Hello, welcome back. This is Mark Green. I am sitting with Jean Fain, who's a psychotherapist and hypnotherapist um, affiliated with Harvard Medical School. She's written The Self-Compassion Diet, Step-by-Step Program to Lose Weight with Loving Kindness, um, which is accompanied by a CD. Jean, I just want to say a little, um, just want to ask you a little bit about your book, because it's not just a um, discussion of the of the difficulties that people go through. Um, there's an enormous number of self-help questions and guides and exercises, right? Yes. So, um, and then on the CD, um, what, what, what would one find on that? Well, it's, it's confusing because the book and the CD have the same title. They're both the self-compassion diet. In the book, you get the theory and you get the practices for losing weight with loving kindness. The audio CD or the digital download guides listeners through 11 practices that are described in the book. And that's a combination of self-compassion, mindful eating, and hypnotic practices that are on the CD. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a um, it's got your very calming um, and hypnotic voice um, guiding people through some of the practices that they will find in the book. Exactly. In the book, you get four uh, different realms, four different routes to sustainable weight loss: self compassion, self hypnosis, mindful eating, and group support. And on the CD, you get three. You don't get the group support. You get the other three. You know, we've talked about compassion and some self-hypnosis and mentioned social support, but the mindful eating piece, what does that mean? Does that mean just sort of eating really slowly and thinking about it? Well, that sounds dreadful, doesn't it? No, it doesn't have to be really slowly. Um, It does require paying attention however, careful attention to whatever you're eating with as much acceptance and as little self-criticism as you can. So if you're eating an ice cream sundae or a raisin or a sandwich or whatever it is, maybe pausing before you begin eating it, appreciating what you're about to eat, and then focusing your attention on the aroma, if there is one, the taste, the texture, the entire eating experience, and how it changes bite by bite. And most people don't notice that the taste diminishes with each bite, and eventually there really is very little taste left, um, depending on how hungry they are. By bite 10, 20, depends. Um, They don't pay attention to how hungry or full they are. So mindful eating is simply paying attention to eating, the act of eating. I have never noticed that my food does not taste as good after a few minutes. 
Really? I will pay attention to that. It's kind of fascinating because most people think this tastes good and it's so good I'm just going to keep eating it until I'm stuffed. Mm. And they don't notice that bite number one and bite number 20 are very different and it doesn't taste as good at bite 20 as bite one. That's interesting. And I also don't really take the time um, in the middle of eating to consider um, whether I'm full or not. I just mm. keep going, and my guide might be, is my plate empty? You know, one of yeah. my, my most effective diet is just to fill my plate and then take half of it and, you know, put it, in, put it away for another meal. So I just halve everything, and I'm always satisfied. <laughs> but that's because I need, that's my guide. I don't necessarily pay attention internally, mindfully, yes. to my satiation level. It sounds like you have a lot of company. Many people use the plate, and when it's empty, as their sign, oh, I must be finished, I must be full. They forget their body is much wiser at telling them when they're finished than their plate, which does not have a brain, by the way. That's true. And I also um, cook that way, too. I will make far too much for Mm. everybody um, with the same lack of scale so um so when you're mindfully eating you're just really focusing on the whole experience you've mentioned two things is there anything else that would be useful to pay attention to satiation certainly taste Taste, satiation uh hunger uh uh pleasure how many people ask themselves is this pleasing do i enjoy eating this This is America, and most of us have more food than we need. If it's not pleasurable, why keep eating it? Find something more pleasurable to eat, if you can. No, you can't always if you're stuck at the airport or wherever you are. But uh, oftentimes, people are eating food they don't even like. That's absolutely true. Mm. You know, um, all of this sounds quite straightforward as Mm. you talk about it. But people who struggle with weight loss have often been through so many attempts. Um, And many, I think, have been temporarily helped by many of the techniques, but tend to put the weight back on, right? Yes. So how, how... I think what you're proposing is different. It's really starting from some acceptance and trying to bring in that um, compassionate um, consideration for one's own real valued desires and what people really want um, to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, But have you had many um, good turnarounds and do you think um, in your experience that this will translate through the book. Like, in other words, do you do you can, do you have much hope for for people to be able to really make a change in this way? Oh, plenty of hope. And in the book, there are many, many stories of people who have lost ten, twenty, thirty, fifty, and more pounds um, just by paying closer attention and taking better care of themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, well. I've been looking through the book and I've been reading many excerpts and 
I think it's going to be a really wonderful um, addition. I like it, and I love the um, so many different practical examples. Um, so, Jean, what can people do to find more information and um, and make some progress if they wish to? Well, the easiest place to start is my website, jeanfain.com. They can also go to and, the... And your, and your name, Jean, is J-E-A-N-S-A-I-N.com. That's right. Yeah. So that's one word, jeanfain.com. They could also go to the publisher's website, soundstrue.com. That's all one word, sounds true. Or they can go directly to Amazon.com and watch a, a video about the book and um, read more about the book there. Well, Jean, thanks for being a guest. It's been wonderful to hear about your book, and good luck. Thank you so much, Mark. Okay, bye-bye. appreciate you joining us today for one hour at a time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.